Welcome to Triple XP episode 13. I'm Shane and this is Mike. Hi. And back with us we have Sarah. Hello. Uh, the usual stuff, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, all the other good podcast places. Um, this week we're going to have a, a bit of a special episode. Uh, so mental health is a, it's a very real issue. And it can affect everyone in small or huge ways. 2020 has been a particularly tough year with COVID isolation, uh, work from home and situations that most of us have been put in that as social creatures, we've not been particularly prepared for. So this week, we've invited Sarah along so that we can discuss mental health in video games and how it can both help and hinder, but also how they address mental health. Um, but before we get into any of that, how is everyone today? Uh, I'm pretty good. A little bit hungover from last night, but other than that, pretty good. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. I am drinking a cup of tea. I feel really uh, like I belong now. Wow. And uh, finally slept a good chunk, so feeling pretty energized. Can I just ask the important question of, the how have you made that cup of tea? What is the order of your tea making, please? Oh, this is vile. Oh, um, do you? I don't know if I if I say it, I don't want people to stop listening because I might offend. Well, I mean, you're going to have to just tell us now because. Well, if it's wrong, you're not coming back. Just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I boiled the water and then I made the tea and then I put milk in a separate cup and then I heat, he, heated the milk and then I put the milk in the tea. I didn't what the fuck is happening? I don't know. That's what I did. Why are you heating the milk? Yeah, that's weird. It's gonna, it's gonna make that doesn't make sense. That makes it, it like, make sense. I, no. mean, I, I definitely did not do that. I did the other thing that's the right way. <laughs> this has upset me more than anything. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I'm just confused as to why you've heated the milk. It doesn't... It doesn't make any logical sense to heat the milk. I didn't... I didn't do it. I... I lied. They totally didn't do that. <laughs> the, thing, the thing was, you were very much like you were there. You were you were making it the right way, right up and until then, you said that. Yeah, because he said it like will... you put the milk in a separate cup, and I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Maybe, she, maybe she's being fancy. She's gonna pour the milk in from the cup afterwards. But no, he heated that shit up. Weird. Well, I'm, I'm just one step away from having a proper tea, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, you are, you're, you're close. You're very, very close. Next time, if I get invited back, I'll, I'll make sure that I talk about my proper tea ways. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> you should. You need to, I mean, the only way this is actually hurting me. The only way that could be worse is if you put the milk in with the tea bag. That would be really oh, That's the worst. I've seen that so so many people yeah. think that's right and it hurts me <laughs> that people do that. You, you don't put the milk in first. What? I remember once well, my brother kicked off with his missus about this, like they had the argument because she puts the milk in with the tea bag. 
And um, oh. he said that it clogs the milk, clogs the tea bag. Which <laughs> 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 you know, was hilarious. <laughs> it's just so unpleasant. Yeah, it's not I good. I didn't do that, so. No, no, you, you don't ever want to. It's just, <laughs> that that's as bad as leaving the tea bag in and not stirring it. So you get that disgusting scum on top. Oh, yeah, that's like the well, film. Yeah. Well, I... oh. I I heated up the milk because I apparently have JB always says that I have asbestos mouth. So if it's not like gonna burn my tongue, then it's not hot enough for me. Yeah, but how much milk are you putting into a cup of boiling water for it to not remain hot? <laughs> <laughs> not not much. I don't know. It just felt like the right thing to do. But I've learned my lesson, and I will I will go. I will go pray to the tea gods to make sure I'm not punished for yeah, the rest do, of my life. Do some research. Get back to us. <laughs> I, I mean, as you said, you, you're pretty much there. Just, you just don't heat the milk. Just put put the li- little bit of milk you need in cold, maybe, and you're fine. <laughs> maybe on the on a first bonus content of our YouTube or the YouTube channel, I can record myself making tea. The proper way. As, Lesson. Yeah, I'm I'm all for this. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. This. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, I was okay until we started this conversation, and now I feel like I need a moment. Um, <laughs> but moving on. Um, so this week we don't have any news to talk about. We're not talking about what we've been playing. Um, we're very much dedicating this entire episode to to mental health in video games, and it's something that I know is very close to both of your hearts um, for different reasons. So I've got a few questions lined up and a few things that we can sort of work our way through that will spur the conversation, shall we say. Um, So firstly, and I think it'd be best if we sort of work through each question separately, um, and that way we can make sure we're not sort of overcomplicating the, the conversation. So firstly, how can video games help? with mental health either one of you um yeah Uh, sarah do you want to go as the guest go first sure yeah so so i i didn't have the best childhood growing up my mother liked to keep me at home and wouldn't let me see my friends and so um i never really got to do the whole be a child and go on adventures with your friends kind of thing. So I was just a very lonely child and I was isolated back then. And luckily my parents did let me play a lot of video games because it was the one thing I could do that made me happy, but also made me stay home. So I was able to make my own friendships with all these characters in different video games. And I just remember playing uh, GTA San Andreas and being like, wow, this is huge. What, did, what an adventure. I'm going to go beat up that stripper and have sex with that one. And it was just like, I felt like it kept me sane, even though the the game itself was, you know, violent but it's like it just it just brings you into a whole new universe and just makes you feel like you have a friend and you're going on an adventure so i think yeah new games in that aspect can help for sure it can be like an escape can't it 
like, yeah. like you're saying with like GTA, you know, you're running around doing all these things that you wouldn't obviously do in, um, in normal life. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yeah. What uh, about you, Mike? Have you got any further to add to that? Um, just for me, like gaming's always been like a social thing. It's always been about like, um, you know, hanging with my friends and stuff like that. And um, I think during like these, you know, this year, especially like COVID times, um, you know, it's become more relevant, uh, you know, hanging out with friends and, and all it's like the rise of these games such as like Among Us and uh, Phasmophobia, where it just requires you to like basically talk together and communicate. Um, you know, they're becoming more and more popular. But, but I think it's, you know, it will help your mental health with obviously not being able to leave. Like I know, Sarah, you said, you know, you were kind of stuck at home as a kid and things like that. So yeah. you had this escape in, in video games. But I think it's, you know, it's coming back now. You can sort of see it more than ever. Especially, especially with games that's not just, I mean, shooters are great too, but games where you have to have some kind of teamwork with like phasmophobia and among us where you have to do the exact opposite and it just if you don't converse with the people you're playing with the game's not going to work and it's just and with the even with ghost of tsushima uh jb and uh mike and s you know you guys all play and all i hear is laughing and it just really brightens up the end of your day or beginning of your day whenever you're yeah playing. definitely yeah yeah, no, I, could, I definitely would agree with that. Um, I've I've always been quite lucky in that I've never suffered with uh, any form of mental health concern. Um, I've always considered myself quite lucky with that. But I have got lots of friends and lots of people in my life that I have uh, assisted with who have suffered with lots of different uh, different levels of mental health from anxiety to depression to, to a lot more serious and um, uh, from different varying sort of levels of those um, and you, you're right because humans are social creatures at, at heart and you take away that social element and it's very easy for a human to become sort of self-absorbed into their own mind which is a difficult place to then come out of so that social element is a, is a really really important thing to continue to keep keep make sure you're not just locked in your own brain essentially um but i've also noticed and particularly more so in the last five or so years video games not just offering that social aspect but actually covering mental health topics within the game themselves um having characters that are suffering from mental health elements having storylines that cover uh, elements of mental health and normalize it the way it should be normalized um because obviously as i'm sure you both agree 10 5 10 15 years ago and yet even so much now but, but so it's a lot less now there, there was a heavy stigma around mental health and whether mental health was even a real thing if you go back 20 years um and it's definitely get, helping to normalize normalize it as well. Yeah, with especially with the games coming out and the basis of it being about mental health. Growing up in 
a Korean household, talking about your mental health is a big old no-no. And when games started coming out that dealt with that subject, it just made me personally feel more comfortable to be like, okay, well, if they're making games about it, it can't be that I'm not allowed to talk about it. And that's when I started to, to seek out help and find somebody to talk to for myself and really start understanding that I was not diff, not wrong, that I was exactly who I am and need to be, and I'm normal, and that always felt nice. Yeah, I can I can really relate to that as being, um, you know, growing up in a family where, you know, mental health wasn't a thing, it wasn't talked about at all, and um, growing up with a lot of different games and stuff, um, I think it does help you see things differently. Like, you know, you'd be playing sort of different variety of games, what I did as a kid anyway, and it kind of broadened my horizons on my, you know, my outlook on life and things like that. I think it can really help in that way. Yeah, for sure. I just, I just recently played Night in the Woods for the first time, and it doesn't really scream out, that it's about mental health, but as you play the game, you understand that something happened to May, this, the main character, and you just watch her trying to relate to her friends and showing up and dropping out of college and people giving her so much crap for dropping out of college because it's a one-in-a-lifetime experience, but it's like, you, you know, people that have a hard time sharing with it, people go through that, and it was it was interesting to play a character going through that as a person who went through it. Yeah, yeah. How about yeah, you, definitely. Um, Yeah, I was... The, the other point I just wanted to make on that, and that, without going into too much around representation, because I know that's something we want to cover on another episode, um, obviously it's there's lots of representation issues in the media. Video games are no exception to that. Um, when it comes to female representation and the um, LGBTQT community and um, all of the different ethnic minorities and backgrounds. Um, but the other thing that we're seeing a lot more of now, and it just to link in specifically with the mental health side of things, is, again, looking back at, like you say, your childhood, Mike, and very much like my childhood as well, is that mental health wasn't talked about. And it was almost accepted um, by lots of people in not necessarily my family but in the people that I knew growing, growing up um, for females because mental health was just seen as oh it's just being over emotional and therefore it wasn't accepted in males because there was still this very much stigma around males should keep a keep a tab on their emotions and male, men aren't allowed to cry all that sort of rubbish yeah, yeah. Um, and we're definitely seeing that representation of men being allowed to have emotions uh showing a lot more in video games more recently um and showing how it can affect um i mean we just before the show with me and sarah were talking about persona 5 and there's quite a few male characters in that that suffer from depression that suffer from um trauma in their life that's caused them to to go down a dark rabbit hole that they then struggle to get out of and that's something we wouldn't have seen like I say, a few years back. Um, so that's really, really nice to see because it's, say, it continues to help normalise what, for most of us as children 
growing up wasn't deemed a normal thing. Yeah. I think uh, another good game that shows that is Life is Strange 2 with the two brothers. I love Life is Strange. I've not not played it, but I've watched you play it and it it was definitely a journey like going through that with you on your stream and stuff. Yeah, it's just this, this older brother is you know, trying to stay strong for his younger brother. So you see him trying to be that person that doesn't cry, but breaks down and shows his true emotions to his little brother. And that's when things start working. And so that's really good to see developers promoting the idea of sharing your feelings. Definitely. And you look at, because uh, it's Don't Nod, isn't it? That did the Life is Strange series and their yeah. most recent one, um, which touches on, uh, or which is focused on, um, uh, is it a transgender character and sort of yeah. the, the traumas that they've gone through, and again heavily linked to to mental health. And they don't not have been very good, for in the, particularly in their last sort of three or four games, of really pushing that emotional, like personal boundaries of what stories can and can't, or should or shouldn't be told via the video game medium. Um, the other one that comes to mind, and I don't know if either of you two have played this, is um, Concrete Genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I love that game. Slash, hate that game because of the last yeah. the last trophy glitched. <laughs> but other yeah, than the, that, the, the glitching parts are annoying. But yeah. when you look at like the what the story that they're telling around this child who's lonely, um, ultimately, although they never say it, he is ultimately depressed. And got no friends, and he's yeah, being bullied. Yeah, he's and the bullies. whole world, yeah. everything that he sees is just full of darkness. And he's creating this ultimately imaginary friend to help him deal with his own personal traumas and own personal issues. Um, I think that's a really, really, like I say, a really good game that sort of att- tackles those issues without it being forced in. I might have to look into that. Yeah, um, it's a great I, game. It's not particularly like it long, also. but it's a great game. Um, but yeah, just um, off the back of that, just um, like The Last of Us, I think is is one of my favourite games because it deals with um, it's, it's spoiler territory. But in the first game, um, Joel, you know, in the first opening hour of the game, he loses his daughter, and he and the rest of the game is him dealing with that loss, and it's probably not in the correct way, or if there is a correct way. Um, but it's just about his journey and and his um, almost like recovery through that yeah. loss. And I think it, it, Naughty Dog tell that story so well. And they, they do the same in two as well, don't they? They touch on not specifically that topic, but they do touch on some other very um, personal topics. And if I remember rightly, when the first when the game first came out, if you went onto the Last of Us website, there was some specific like. Um, FAQs and spoiler warnings that would say like this game touches on these elements um, yeah. be warned sort of be aware that like if you are someone who has lived through something similar um, just want to warn you so that it doesn't upset you uh, particularly I can't remember the character's name and I don't want to spoil anything but the 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 young Seraphite character yeah yeah, yeah. Um, sort of the storyline that they touch on with him and i think it's a this an important thing that the video games as well because like say with naughty dog doing it and i think don't nod did a similar thing as well to warn 
people of what's going to be in the game. And they, they did a re- they did it really well in that they had an FAQ and it did state in it, you will this will give you spoilers. But if you're someone who has lived through these sort of traumatic events or someone that is suffering from any of these sort of things, then and you don't want to be sort of shocked by it and take and like you don't want it to cause you cause you distress as it happens, you can read ahead as part of this FAQ and just make sure you're prepared for it when you get to it. Which I think is really important. I agree. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about playing a lot of video games for mental health, but I also think developing games helps a lot of people with mental health. The one game that I always think of is um, that dragon called my cancer. It's about uh, a mother and a father who found out that their 12-month-old had cancer, and it's just a journey of what they were going through. And uh, for them, being able to encapsulate that experience into a video game, it made it not easier, but was able to let the memory of their child last forever and share that experience so i think even with developing games big or small that can really help with mental health and letting things go and dealing with trauma and understanding it interesting i've not heard of that or i'm not aware of that at all yeah it's really more of just it's it's a walking simulator and but it just it's pretty it's pretty intense and you really do start to start to feel the feelings no matter like you obviously wouldn't know how it felt really unless that's something that you went through but they they made it very there was a lot of feels to be felt there yeah and walking simulators um or the the term walking simulator are those those type of games have uh tend to be the ones that do touch on it a lot more and when you look at um firewatch and how yeah. that tackled not only isolation, but everything that the main character is going through. So for anyone who hasn't played Firewatch, um, the you find out in the very, very, very opening of the game that essentially the character's partner has some form of terminal cancer. I can't remember the exact details, but he he can't cope. So he goes to live in the woods somewhere in America, like in the middle of a forest uh, for so long, it's completely isolated and only has contact via a walkie-talkie to somebody in the next tower over, but the next tower over is miles and miles away. It's not like you can just go and visit them. It's a, a good, like, three-day hike. Um, and that tackles a lot of that isolation and also that dealing with not just your... When, when you've got, um, like, actual uh, physical illness, but how family members dealing with their mental health when they've got a friend or a family member that does have physical illnesses or potential life-threatening illnesses. Um, and the Edith Finch one, that is, I can't remember what it's called, the oh, something yeah. of Edith Finch. The, the Vanishing yeah. of... Yeah. Maybe, I can't quite remember. <laughs> but that that one, again, touches on some very similar very similar um, elements and those walking simulators because because there's no other action going on your focus is on the story so much that they can tell those stories 
um, and they are very emotional because you are every, all of the game is that story is understanding the characters sort of drives the characters emotions and if you're if you've been through that situation or been through a similar situation living through uh, reliving through sometimes those emotions yeah I think yeah. With, with walking simulators as well they um, lend into telling that story so well because they'll give you some information then you'll you know all you all you do is is walking you know go from a to b or whatever and it gives you time to sort of for that info to sink in and you know sit on your mind for while you you know get to the next bit it's not just like straight into some more action and then some storytelling and then action it's it's you know there is no action it's just kind of sitting with these these thoughts or this information that you find in the world or whatever no definitely i think i think another great game that shows how difficult mental health is is actually a horror game uh the first layers of fear i don't know about i haven't played the second one so i can't talk on that but the 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 first one where the main character is unsure of what's going on with him but i think the horror genre played super well to it because he's starting to learn with every round he goes through the house what exactly was happening with his mind and that's why it's scary because he's figuring it out for himself and figuring out what is what is going on with you can be a very scary experience because i mean nobody really wants to be sick and knowing the truth about what you might have is, I, I was afraid of of knowing so think that game did a really good job in a horror genre of progressing through the story and it is pretty much a walking simulator of a serious mental health issue yeah and that that what you're just saying there around nobody wants to be um like you're terrified of the concept of almost admitting that you've got um some form of or some level of mental health concern happening um and but that that's so that kind of goes back to the, the real need for not just video games for, for all media and for everyone to really normalize it because having anxiety having depression having any other number of uh, mental health issue isn't isn't an illness but uh, yes it's not um, necessarily good for you but it's so it's so abundant in our society now yeah. that we've got to understand that, that it's, it's, it is normal to have it. It's normal that at some point in your life, you're going to have a period where you are down, you are depressed, you are suffering from a level of anxiety that isn't the normal level that you're used to. Um, and that's, that's okay. That's, it's, you're allowed to have that and you're allowed to have those moments and you're allowed to have those years or those weeks. Um, and it's just about working through to get back to whatever your your personal normal is, as opposed to a umbrella normal, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know, I think I think it is um, relevant to say that you know it is normal to have these like up moments and down moments. That's that's just human nature. That's just how the mind works. You know, you will have these down moments, and it's it is okay. Like it is perfectly reasonable. Absolutely. You, everyone is so welcome to feel whatever they're feeling at any moment of their life. And it is 
definitely needs to be more normalized and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with you it's your brain fires off different things at different times but there is absolutely nothing wrong with you if you have any mental health issue or if you're not feeling okay it's going to be okay you're going to be okay and what you're going through is okay exactly so on the back of that then um obviously we've just spoke about how games can help with mental health what about when they can be damaging so i i personally don't think games can be damaging i i think it irresponsible gaming can be damaging so you were just talking about how the last of us had the fact uh you know there are game ratings there are especially if you're a parent then i think the most damage it can do is to a child who is still developing and doesn't understand the world completely but as a parent i think the responsibility falls on them to be like, okay, well, this game touches on these topics that my kid doesn't understand yet. Either I don't let this kid play it or talk about these and make sure to educate them on what they're going to play and then allow them to play it. But I don't think games personally themselves as just a video game can be damaging. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I don't don't think... You can blame a specific game for you know damaging your mental health or whatever because it is it's your behavior at the end of the day and you're sort of you know in control of that that behavior um so yeah i don't think you can blame specifically a game like i know there's a lot of people that try and get certain games banned because they're like you know, the damaging to kids and stuff like that. But like, you know, they're not aimed at kids. You know, these like, like back in the day when Mortal Kombat came out and, and that was, you know, this is too violent for, you know, for kids. But it's, you know, it's got a big old 18 sticker on there and, you know, it's it's not for children. Like, so I think there's, right. you know, irresponsible parenting, you know, does come into play with that. Yeah, it's like if you take your kids to an R-rated movie and then they have nightmares for three days, don't blame the movie. Blame yourself for taking them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What about that's, you, Shane? No, no, that's fair. And, uh, I mean, I, I agree with you that uh, unless if a developer is purposely going out of their way to make fun of or do something within a specific game to go against like mental health issues i don't think as you say games on the whole are not damaging um it is it is the way that we consume them and there is there is an obvious um argument for if somebody is in that extreme level of depression and the, the video games are the only escape they have that whether they can break away from that and make sure that they're understanding the difference between real life or video games but then that's not video games fault because that could be any media it could be music it could be films tv um that's just the way that they're hoping um and that just needs to be managed by that not necessarily by just by them but by their friends their family the people that are around them um there is the argument as well around loot boxes um again if you're if you're suffering from uh, some form of de- some form of um, mental health issue, and the only sort of like happy fix you get 
is good loot boxes that almost feeds into because there's, there's a lot of links between gambling and mental health and depression um and you know there is an argument there as well that potentially loot boxes could feed into that yeah i think that i think that's issue that's, yeah um i mean the only other one but again and, and again this is all looking at it much more broader um, and not blaming video games specifically, because I, I don't think it is a, it is video games, but there is always, FOMO will always be an issue. Um, and we've seen that, and this is just from my perspective of what I've seen with the people that, that I work with and the people that I've, uh, that I've come into contact with that have suffered from different levels of, of mental health issues. Um, social media is a prime example of something that more often than not, uh, is damaging to mental health than it is in, in positive, a positive impact. Um, Instagram is a prime example of something where everyone just posts what is essentially a lie of their life because everyone is trying to show off this amazing life that they have that most of us don't have these celebrity lives where we're eating in Gordon Ramsay's five-star restaurant every night. Um <laughs> And I think there is an element of that with video games as well. There is an element of that FOMO, that fear of missing out, that idea of, I mean, we're coming up to, obviously by the time this episode releases, the new consoles will be out. The new, uh, lots of new titles will come out. And we've got four, five, six, all brand new games coming out. And if you're heavily suffering from depression and you're someone that finds the escape in those areas and particularly in the covid situation when we've no people haven't got a lot of money um there is again an argument that the that fear of missing out could feed into their mental health a lot but but again that's not an argument against video games that's again could be any media so yeah that, that's the only things i've sort of really had on it um there, there have been times where playing video games and that um not the games themselves, but the action of me just sitting down and playing games. And um, there's been points where that's all I've wanted to do. And it's kind of a, you know, a, a toxic behavior. I'm just, I'll come home, I'll play games, I won't do anything else. And, you know, like other things around the house will like slip, you know, like tidying and things like that. Um, like, you know, there have been times where my habits and behaviors have just, um, you know, kind of been all consumed by by playing the game and getting hooked into a game because, um, you know, games can be addictive and they can have those like addictive tendencies where it's like just one more game, one more game, one more game. Um, and there's been countless times where I've you know stayed up late, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning. I do it quite often playing games because I'm just like, oh, another another go, another go, another go. And you know that can have a knock on effect. You know, lack of sleep mixed tight at your job or whatever and then you you know it, it does have like all these knock-on effects so it, you know it, it can be damaging um damaging things with with gaming but i think it's it's not the gaming itself it's the behavior surrounding it yeah 100 yeah. percent. absolutely especially with games that do have those those gambling elements, a lot of mobile games, I feel like prey on a lot of people that are susceptible to uh, addiction. Nailed it. I know that I, <laughs> I was um, addicted to Tude Blast, I think it was called for a while. And then um, 
and it got to a point where I was so addicted to it that I was actually paying for more like bombs and stuff. And eventually I was just upset with myself and, and I don't think it ever affected me negatively other than just kind of feeling shame about it. And, um, it, it, it could have, it could have affected me negatively just with the shame and guilt and causing causing my anxiety to be worse about being perfect and then spending money on three bombs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I think with the difference is, you know, especially people who have tendencies to become addicted, I can definitely see it being sucked in, sucked in, but it's the addiction that's damaging, but not the game itself. Yeah. And, um, it's like you say, it is, it is the behavioral element. Um, and to sort of any of our listeners that have suffered from that or have gone through those those behaviors or maybe are going through those behaviors right now, the, you have got to remember to give yourself time away from the video games, give yourself time to do other things and refresh your mind and rejuvenate your mind in ways that video games can't go out like going outside seeing friends seeing family engaging in those conversations um i know it's very difficult right now with covid but it's so important to give yourself those those times away um because otherwise you can very much get lost in that forever cycle of i just want to play more of the game and then like you say mike things do slip you whether it be personal things like your own personal hygiene weight anything like that or whether it be um things around the house you're tidying you're cleaning your relationship um it's a very yeah very easy hole to fall down when it comes to to that area and you just need to people just need to remember to and it, it's difficult but yeah. if you are someone that's in that situation and you are listening speak to your friends and family speak to those people even if even speak to the the people you play games with because no one is out there wanting people to feel the way that a lot of mental health issues make you feel um and everyone is out there to support each other and i'm sure that if you raised it with your your gaming group or whoever it is that you play games with they would be the first to tell you right you need to switch off for an hour you need to put the controller down and go and do something else take take your dog for a walk have a have a uh, go have a run sit and sit and chat to your to your mum your dad your sister whoever it is in your family that you've got available even if it's just via the phone um and the other thing that i think is important to remember is that particularly this year we've got it's been it's been an absolute emotional roller coaster of a year for everyone. The whole world has been plummeted into this chaos of this pandemic that has affected everyone in different ways. And it's okay to not want to play something if you think that it's going to have a detrimental effect on you. For example, The Last of Us. Um, Last of Us Two obviously came out during a pandemic. It's a game about a virus that ultimately fucks the world up. Yeah. If you're, if you don't deep down feel you're in a position to play a game like that, 
you, you're not ready to handle those emotions right now because of everything going outside. That is also okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. Don't force yourself to play something that's going to make you feel worse um, just because it's the new game out or it's because it's what your friends are playing. Your mental health is more important than forcing yourself to play a game. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. So um, off the sort of back of the video games being both good for mental health and also potentially damaging in the behaviors around video games mm-hmm. what uh, do you think that particularly in the the media and the those in positions of authority when we look at governments when we look at um schools like a- any different level of uh, authority that is over your life no matter how old you are do you guys think that the view of games uh, as a useful tool to help and uh, improve mental health needs to change? Um, I, I, think, I think it needs to, I, I think it does. I think there are still way too many people that believe games do more harm than good. And I think that's because a lot more people talk about a lot a lot of people talk about the negative effects of the behavioral side of damaging video games and don't actually pay attention to the actual game itself if that makes sense and i've got i was quite fortunate when i was younger that the school that i went to um we had very forward thinking teachers and specifically one of the teachers who's actually he's actually invited to the wedding he's coming to the wedding um yeah <laughs> um but he he was like a big advocate of video games and how they can help and um there was one specific game i forget what it's called but you you just played as tanks and you just shot each other and and but the whole school played it all together at break times and it just got people chatting and you know it was really social thing like we all, you know we all talked about it and things like that um but you know i think that was a, a good tool specifically in the school that i was everyone was a bit antisocial and um you know didn't really talk to each other that much um especially between between like years and things but it you know it, it kind of built a, a a sense of community and it was um you know, it's a it's because of the t- the teacher, you know, installing it across all of the all of co- the computers in the school that we all just got to play in it. Um, I think that was just one example of it being a useful tool, um, especially in school when all you want to do is play video games. I know Can I we did. just address <laughs> that you had an incredible school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, I really did. Yeah, that. yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, no, but, I mean, yeah, was, something... no, it's not. But it's I was quite fortunate to have those those teachers that were really, you know, forward thinking and um Yeah. So I was, I was pretty yeah. fortunate. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. And we we've definitely seen over the the last few years, um video games have started to have made their way into schools more um with regards to educational purposes things like i know minecraft is heavily seen by a lot of schools now as being a useful tool especially for those that have um 
any sort of like disabilities and it's a great way for them to build an understanding of social aspects and things like that um so it'd be it would be good to see like more schools do what your school did and understand that it can be used to help build those social elements and to develop positive uh, understanding of mental health um as well as being used as an educational tool yeah definitely yeah, I- when when I was younger, uh, we had a lot of keyboarding classes, and all of these keyboarding computer games were still games. And you know, the faster you typed, the more asteroids you blew up. And uh, the the Mac games too. You're this little frog, and every time you hop on to another leaf, there was another math problem. And the faster you solved it, the faster you crossed the pond onto safety. So. But you always cross first, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was actually telling JB the other day. I um, I I'm a very fast typer, so I was able to go through all of the coursework in probably five or six months, and was just able to play whatever I wanted to play in class, including like the math games and whatnot. But I mean, if Games can help you learn how to math and learn how to type. I think there needs to be more normalization and talk about how video video games could help you understand mental health. Because especially with social media and especially with the younger kids getting on it and feeling depressed and wanting to go for all the likes, I just think a video game would be a perfect way to show how damaging it can be and to teach kids how, how bad it can get yeah definitely and i think the it's a, it's a tough one when you look at different like the different levels of, of authority because obviously when you address us right now at, at our age a lot of teachers like especially um, teachers that have only been teaching for a few years now are our age. They've grown up with video games, and so they understand the useful impact that they can have. Uh, when it comes to the higher level officials, the, uh, the political area, the the age gap is obviously a lot more different. There, there's very yeah. few politicians in high level positions that are of our age. Um, I mean, you look at your own your own government, Sarah, and I mean, our one's not much different. It's a much, much older collection of people who don't necessarily understand the video game world, um, don't necessarily understand how how they can be useful, and almost because they don't understand them, they often will condemn them, condemn them over trying to learn what they're about. Yeah. Um, and most most politicians are i think i think unfortunately it's just going to have to be started on a clean slate i don't know how to say that nicer but a lot of these people in government right now are just paid off by specific companies and there's no way of talking about it and getting them to understand so i just think uh the people that are our age now need to be more vocal and help change views of everyone else around our age so that when we become the old politicians in a, a couple of years, because we're real old, then things might be able to start changing. 
I mean, you have a much, much higher view of what my meat might of what me and Mike can achieve with our lives. We are not <laughs> becoming politicians. <laughs> <laughs> but we can we can convince or try to talk to somebody that doesn't think video games can help and just have a conversation and not try to change their mind, but just plant the idea that it's possible that games can help with mental health and show kids that, you know, it's okay to be sad. Cause I feel like a lot of kids don't feel like it's okay to be sad, which makes well, them even more sad. Wasn't there something recently um, that the, there was a politician in America recently, wasn't there that used, used Twitch and had a huge Twitch yeah, stream. Yeah. Uh, AOC played um, Among Us with with people and got uh, political information out there for for people that really don't care about politics. Because a lot of the people on Twitch, I feel like, are are some most are younger, and to be able to be on that platform and reach out to younger adults and get the word out there that that's a that's a great tool. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, hopefully, like she's the the first of a a, a long stream of the, the new world of uh, not just politicians, but of those in positions that have power to make changes that understand the power that video games can have. Yeah. Mike, have you got anything before we move on? Um, I was just I was just going to say that it is worth you know that conversation. Um, that you know is a useful tool um, especially when it comes to mental health like I spent quite a few years um, working in care work as a support worker and I've worked with a lot of people with um, you know mental health difficulties and, and things like that and one of the, the the tools that I used was video games like it was a way to connect with people especially like I, I used to work with people who had autism and you know communication for people with autism is is a challenge and um you know getting that communication level um with another person especially a new person can be difficult so i used to go in i used to take my console to work and we'd sit and play games and eventually you know we'd we'd talk more and and it just opened up that communication um and I think it, you know, it was a tool that I used, and I, you know, I still use it now. Um, th- that it, it it helps build a bond, and you know, you gain trust. And if you can get down on on you know, the same sort of level and and talk about the same kind of things, then you know, you can move forward and and you know, start progressing with with whatever they want to progress with. That's I just wanted wanted to point that out. That was a, that was an example of a tool that I used anyway. Awesome. That's a that's a great way. I mean, that's I feel like that's similar to when you take a child to a therapist's office and that therapist has, you know, all these different toys laying on the floor. You know, it's just a way to have that person open up. And I think that is such a smart way to help your um, patients. Is that the right word? Uh, it changes. Yeah. But it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it varies. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that is, as you say, this is, this is a, the, the right way to be using video games to help help people and get people to be able to communicate, not just socially, but that's one of the hardest parts of mental health, isn't it? The ability to 
I, I admit that, that there is a mental health issue um, and B, talk to someone about that mental health issue. Um, and if, like I say, from, from your experience, Mike, using video games helps get people to talk more and open up more, um, yeah, then that definitely. can only be a good thing. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So um, we obviously just spoke about AOC um, and that was my sort of next question is how streaming contributes towards uh, mental health, particularly in this year, um, and how it's contributed to in positive ways to mental health and what and what streaming, especially um, you, Sarah, as being the one who streams the most out of the three of us, because <laughs> me and Mike are very much put it in the bin. But we do have some elements to it to talk about, um, both positive and negative. Um, so, yeah, just your views on sort of mental health and streaming and where, the, where that can help and sometimes hinder. So I, I love it because I am also very introverted, but I still require social interaction. And for me, streaming feels like I'm hanging out with my friends and I get personal and, and I talk about my mental health issues to see, to try and normalize that too. And if, if I'm out there talking about my issues and what I've gone through and, and, and most of the time, somebody will want to talk about what they went through. And in that way, I just, I feel proud of what kind of community that I've been able to build because everyone that joins in is always just so supportive and wants to help and wants to make you feel good about yourself. So I, and it also is kind of like a therapy for me. I, when I share how I'm feeling and people tell me that my feelings are, are valid and you know, what I went through is tough, then it, it is a form of therapy as well. So it definitely helps me talking about it, talking to people about it and being able to hang out with my friends. Yeah. On the, on the flip side of that, there was one time this, I think the worst place to be if you're a streamer with mental health issues is in just chatting because I went in there one time and I had multiple people call me ugly and nasty and call me so many names. And that, if that was just JB, that was just <laughs> JB. <laughs> if, if I wasn't so secure with who I was, I can't imagine how much pain people would cause. And I'm sure there are a lot of videos out there where people are freaking out because they're being made fun of. You know, it's just there's a lot of toxic people out there. Yeah, I think like you're one of those people who um, and I think this is why we all get on in our group is we can all we all just make fun of each other all of the time. But um, it's it's kind of that borderline where it's, it's not we're not being offensive to each other. We might say some like from the outside, it might be hurtful things, but to us, it's just, you know, we're just messing around and it can be that kind of um you know level of, of banter or i hate that word but but um you know it, it can be damaging if you don't know a person because we know, know each other now we have done for a while um you know we can kind of get away with that because if any of us had an issue we'd also be the first people to like jump in and be like hey you okay um 
Yeah. I mean, we, Mike, you and you and I even have that experience where we were, we were pretty close at this point and you made amazing drawings for me for my birthday. <laughs> and I know, I know that my gum show and my forehead is huge <laughs> and um, you caricatured that. And I thought it was hilarious, but you still, even though I felt like we knew each other, you still checked in with me and said, Hey, yeah, I'm yeah. Too far but i mean like if you drew somebody like that to a streamer that you haven't met i'm sure it wouldn't go over very well exactly <laughs> unless, yeah. they, unless they were like super cool with it you know but no yeah, yeah. but that's as, as mark was saying that's all about understanding the relationships you have with people yeah um, there's it's understanding like the line where yeah, you know uh, where the where the line crosses kind of thing 95% of what I say to Mike, I would not say to anyone else. Because <laughs> most of it is just me calling him a prick. Consistently. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do have to understand that the relationship that you build with people um, and how that affects each other. And like you say, the three of us off of this, uh, off of recording could go and make some horrible comments to each other and be nasty to each other but we're not being nasty to each other because we know we're friends and we don't mean or say the things that we're saying um mm -hmm. whereas if i was to go into a stream and just be nasty to someone that's well it's a dick move and it the world doesn't need that we don't need nastiness to exist and twitch can be can be an issue with this and so i because i've got sort of two literally for me twitch is the flip of a coin on one side, I find it incredible, and not just Twitch, but all streaming. So I should clarify that because it's not to, the Twitch. There's a program. Is not nothing wrong with that. It's the I can I find streaming can be incredibly toxic um, with people that because they're behind a keyboard around the world somewhere, and they know that they're not going to meet you, and you're putting yourself out there, which is putting yourself out there on camera and playing a game with people with people that you don't know watching is an incredibly difficult thing to do um especially if you don't have that personal confidence in the way you look the way you speak um in, in just your general personality if you've not got that that personal outgoing confidence where you're happy for your for you to be constantly be on show to people it's an incredibly difficult thing to do and there are a lot of people out there that will either just be toxic for the sake of being toxic or we'll just pick up on something that you've done or something you don't like and we'll just attack it for no reason. Um, so I, I do find that there is that element to streaming personally. And one of the reasons why I quit streaming wasn't, it wasn't because of toxicity because no one was ever toxic to me. And if they were, I just told them to fuck off. But there's, I, I personally found and it never, it never got me down, but I did feel like it was a bit of a weight on my shoulders. I found that streaming became very much a chore to me, and it felt like it felt like pressure to have to stream and keep up this not fake persona that I'd created, but this consistently happy-go-lucky character on camera. Um, that sometimes, especially if you are playing a a dark, deep game like The Last of Us there are going to be moments where you're not super happy. You're going to be in the storyline. You're going to, I mean, I've cried at more games than I can possibly name right now. And I'm not, I'm fully proud of that. Like I'm not ashamed oh, yeah. that I cry at video games. 
Um, but that's not something that I would be comfortable in myself doing on a stream. So I did find that incredibly like the pressure for me was just, I, co I couldn't continue streaming for a long period of time because, because of that element. Um, but on the, on the flip side of that coin, I have seen a lot of stories and been and listened to a lot of things that are just incredible when it comes to helping people with mental health. Um, there was, there is a streamer that I have watched a few times called Zombie Kills and she's been on another podcast that I listen to and she does uh, like a self-help uh, stream sometimes where they, but they basically just sit and talk about their feelings, talk about um, mental health and, and looking after yourself and all that sort of stuff. And I know there's a few streamers out there that do this sort of thing, which I think is really important. And there was something that she said that just really stuck with me to the point that I even use it at work now. Like I've taken it to work with me and gone, you know, I heard this and actually this really sort of drives home a lot of mental health for me. And it was two things that she, she mentioned. And one of them was uh, the idea of our mental health, our own minds being uh, a garden, essentially being a mind garden. And we, as humans, we're taught from a very young age that to help everybody else and to water everybody else's garden. But we're never really sat down and talked to or, or told to water our own garden. So we go around with our little watering can, watering everyone else's gardens and making sure that everybody else's um, mind garden is is flourishing and doing well. But then we always come back to ours with no water in our can. And we've got no ability to then look after our own garden. Um, and that's something that I think that analogy sort of really sums up a lot of mental health for me. Um, and the other thing that she spoke about, which I think is super important, is understanding when to, or understanding that, that we should be celebrating personal victories. Um, and again, it's something that from a child, we're very much taught to celebrate other people's victories, but we're almost, we're, we're pretty much told that if you do something, you shouldn't be celebrating your own victory because it's almost egotistical. It's not it's not seen as the right thing to do. If I've done something good to pat myself on the back, I, I should just wait for someone else to pat me on the back. Um, but actually, if you do something good, even if it's something so as small as just getting up and going for a run that day, why shouldn't you be celebrating your own personal victories? Why shouldn't you be giving yourself that pat on the back to say, you know what, you've done well today. Good job. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's, it's funny that you say that because I recently just started um, individual therapy again. And one of my issues is that I don't put myself first ever. And I don't celebrate my personal victories alone. Like yeah, on stream, it's different. But I by myself, I don't water my own garden. I, I don't take care of my mental health first. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's literally what I'm learning to do right now. So I absolutely agree that it's, it's important to, to um, start doing that for yourself. Um, there were a few other things I wanted to talk about with, with streaming. I, I know that there are a lot of very toxic people that show up in streams, but for streamers, I just, 
I want people to remember that those people also probably have mental health issues and to kind of take that hatred you're getting from them and just try to give back kindness and because you never know what people are going through and just because they're being mean to you on a keyboard doesn't mean that they also deserve to be hated on. So just remember that. And also for streamers to not be so hard on yourself if you don't feel like your channel is growing. If I see a lot of people so hurt and so bothered by the progress their channels are making wherever they're streaming on. And even with my friends, I've had to reach out and be like, listen, it's, it's okay. As long as you're enjoying it, try not to try not to let it get to you. So I feel like people need to be careful with stuff like that as well. Yeah. I think, I think I've been in that situation where I'm kind of almost just chasing the numbers rather than just enjoying the actual like freedom of being creative. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, I've I've definitely been in that situation, and I'm I'm actually like really grateful for streaming because without it, I wouldn't have met all of all of you people. But then, you know, there's a flip side of, um, we've met like a lot of toxic people, and 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 there's like a lot of fakeness as well that is hard to deal, can be hard to deal with. Like I personally find it a lot, a lot hard to deal with. And someone's saying one thing to your face and then, you know, um, but it, it, I guess like, I don't know, because people, we, we made a community, didn't we, Shane? And yeah, um, there was a lot of people in that community that thought it was just for growth and things like that. And we kind of like tried to please everyone and it didn't really work, I don't think, because, um, you know, you can't please everyone and it's it was a really hard thing on on my mental health is like a few times i've said to shane last look i'm like i'm just gonna have to leave because it's just like stressing me out having yeah. to like juggle all these different people and things like that and uh and obviously like streaming as well um just chasing these numbers and trying to get growth and things like that like it's it's not why i started streaming it's kind of it's also kind of why i quit um in favor of doing podcasts because it was just the thought of being social and being creative was the two things that I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do streaming because that sounds like, you know, I like games, you know. I originally started streaming to just record the funny shit that happens between me and my friends. And then I kind of I kind of lost that as I was, I was playing games and stuff on stream. Um, yeah. You know, it can have, like, knock-on effects. I yeah, think no, you should it's... be very proud, though. You saw that it was negatively affecting you, and you took steps towards making sure you were more important than anything else, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, def it's, it definitely helped to just take a step back from it and be like, no, this is not this is not for me. I'm not happy doing this, and it's, it's kind of hard to recognize that, or it can be. It definitely is. Yeah. And that, but that's, I think that's that's true of of mental health on in general, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's often yeah. hard to recognise, and by the time you do recognise or or you're at a point where you're willing to admit it, it's often too deeply rooted to to be able to just deal with it in a like very quickly and easily. Um, yeah. 
but no, you're right. It's very much that that flip of the coin. I the same as you. Like, I, there are lots of things I owe to streaming that I love. Um, meeting you guys being the main one, and I know that particularly the Triple XP team or everyone that we've got in our team, um, we have all helped each other at some point when we've had a, a moment where we've been a bit down or where, where we've had a, a situation. I know me and Mike, we and you speak pretty much every day this, yeah, these yeah. days. Yeah. Um, it's rare to go a day where we haven't had a conversation about something. Um, and bearing in mind, and when you consider we only met a year ago, that's that's mad. Um, but it, that's something I do hold as a very, very positive that's come out of streaming that I know is going to help me in the future. And hopefully you guys all feel the same with regards to the people you've all met. Um, but yeah, it's, it's t- streaming can be a very... It can be a fickle beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, I think Sarah kind of hit it on the head, really, in that everyone just needs to be kinder. Just yeah. everyone listening, just be kind to each other. You don't know what people are going through. It's not. Yes, they maybe seem like they're being a dick to you, but I'm sure they're not. Want, they're not being a dick for the sake of being a dick. It may be that they're struggling with something themselves. Yeah. So be, be kind to each other. Come hang out in my stream. Tell me I'm ugly. I'll still be there for you. I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to you. I won't tell you to leave. I just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sorry you're hurting and I wish I could make you feel better. Um, and that's really all I can say. Yeah. I mean, that's very wholesome. It's very whole. This is a very wholesome. It's a very somber, but wholesome episode. Yeah. It's very different from the usual. <laughs> It is, but I mean, I, we couldn't really tackle mental health in the way we tackle a normal episode, let's yeah. be honest. So, yeah, true. Um, so uh, there's, there's like one more question that I wanted to, to raise um, and before we sort of start to, uh, to wrap everything up. And that's, we've, we've obviously discussed the positive and negatives around gaming and mental health. We've discussed streaming and, uh, and how useful that video games can be. But what do you two think games could do better or more to help with mental health mental health in a in a better way what what do you think developers and games could be doing to to push those boundaries a little bit better i think for me the the main thing is like raising awareness of it because like you said it's it's really easy to for it to go you know undiscovered and unknown and i think raising awareness of like coping mechanisms and um you know um, just opening up that conversation of mental health is okay. We all have, you know, you know, a healthy, a mental health. Um, and you know, like I said, we need to look after it. And um, I think games specifically could do, you know, more to 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 raise awareness of that. Yeah, I think if you're buying physical copies, which we still do, because that's at the age where we're at, so we're all like, I, need my, old. Book. I need my book to be in paper form. <laughs> uh, but if you're buying physical copies, I feel like it would be beneficial to take more, make more use out of that slot where you could put pamphlets in. You know, if especially if the game is about mental health, have a pamphlet in there talking about it and saying that it's okay to feel that way and 
and kind of has information and, and stuff. And with the actual game in, in like the extras content, a bonus content, have the information in that insert in there as well. And just um, even if it's not about mental health, just be more aware and have more warning signs and more, Hey, just in case information in there, I feel like that would be much more helpful. I was literally just thinking of something very, very similar, um, particularly thinking about the new, the new PlayStation 5 and how you've got the card system. Um, and to me, there's no reason why a game that does touch on um, something that is traumatising, whether it be mental health or sexual identity or anything like that, why there can't be a card when you do go to that pause menu that, that says, look, if you've been affected, they, these are these are the resources you can go to 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 find out more information, to talk to, to people about similar issues. Um, I think the new technology is definitely going to open up doorways for game companies to be able to, to direct people to FAQs and resources to help them deal with uh, their own mental health and things like that easier yeah. um, than, than, than we've ever had before because of the way the system's built. Yeah. Okay. No, okay, it, it Molly. Thanks nice. for that. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, I just as, as alongside what you guys were saying, I just I want to see more games touching on those story elements and pushing those breaking breaking down and normalising that further. Um, we've seen it with some titles. We there's still. I think there's still work to be done there. I think there's still more more normalization that can be brought to the forefront of a lot of video games, particularly the big AAA titles, which often don't have the don't focus don't have a focus or don't have a link to those. I know it's got better in recent years, um, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done there to to help represent mental health in video games. Yeah, definitely making things more diverse and um, especially you know with leading protagonists like. It's becoming more and more progressive and, and, you know, we're seeing a lot more women protagonists um, as, you know, the leading roles. And, you know, there's some really great games being uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn being like one of the examples oh, yeah. of that. Um, but, you know, just, just adding more diversity and making people aware of, you know, these different cultures and, and things like that. Like the game that came out recently on Switch, I think it's called Raji. Which is like yeah. an entire Indian team, and it's all about the Indian culture. Um, which you know we need to see more of that definitely. Yeah, oh, games like um one, one a big one we've forgotten about, Hellblade. Oh yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. That's uh, obviously like the core focus of that game is psychosis. Yeah, is 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 mental health. That's that's kind of what what that game's all about. Um, but no, they uh, video games can definitely do do more as you guys have said and mm. hopefully we've seen the we've seen the change over the last few years and hopefully it's going to continue in that direction as we move forward yeah it, it would it would definitely be nice to feel like you know there's everybody everybody can be a hero not just one specific set and kind of person and um it would be super cool to have like a a korean hero I would really that would be super fun. Yeah. Just to be I'd more be down. But that's yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's more of like the representation. I know you guys have another one going on there, but like 
it would just feel it would just feel really good and it would it's definitely exciting to think about the idea of that being a thing yeah definitely definitely so is there any last thoughts from either of you two then um because i think we're getting to the point of, of wrapping up this episode now have you got any last thoughts you want to you want to raise yeah um i just to whoever is listening you're you're okay exactly how you are what you feel and how you have been feeling it's okay and just to remember that you're important and you know you can reach out to me i'm sure if you reached out to triple xp they'd be with open arms and yeah definitely you know it's been it's been tough and but but you're exactly who you should be um yeah i just want to raise uh, awareness of an app that i use called headspace uh, again we're not sponsored but I, i'm a massive advocate of this it is a guided meditation app and it has helped me numerous times over the years, like through uni, which is a really stressful time. Um, and more recently as well, through COVID, um, just taking 10 minutes out of your day just to um, kind of rebalance your mind and um, just take a moment for yourself. And going back to what Shane was saying before about, you know, the the analogy of water in your own garden, it is that. It's exactly that. It's taking just 10 minutes out just to do some breathing and, um, you know, focusing your mind on certain things. And it is a really good app that I use quite often. And, and it's not, it doesn't work for everyone, but it is definitely worth a try. I would um, recommend everyone at least try it. Yeah. It is good. I've, I've, I've given it a try and I've got a couple of, um, couple of friends who have, um, had who've been going through some sort of mental some mental health elements that have been using it themselves and, and they've all highly recommended it yeah that's good headspace so it's something not we sponsored. all need not sponsored Couldn't not be. sponsored not not hashtag ad <laughs> um i just yeah i just want to i mean sarah and mike have pretty much covered it so um just kind of reiterate what they've said you you are okay you, the, and what you're going through will get better and you will you are perfectly normal to be going through what you're going through we do have an email address um which is dear triple xp at gmail.com do i got that right yeah it's dot com yep um and if anything that we've discussed in this episode um you has raised anything within you anything you want to talk about any concerns you've got feel free to to email us and we are more than happy to to talk to you and to we're not trained professionals obviously but we can point you in the direction of resources and uh and talk to as say both me and mike have worked in uh in organizations that have addressed levels of mental health in the past um so we can we can talk to you and and obviously offer any advice that we're we're ha we're able to um so yeah just if you if you do want that we're, we're there feel yeah, free well, to contact us definitely um, open here but essentially look after yourself especially as we're coming up to christmas now uh 2020 has been a particularly long year for mental health it's been a particularly difficult year we're coming to the end hopefully 2021 will be better 
touching wood, fingers crossed, crossing my toes, um, crossing everything, <laughs> twisting my <laughs> testicles. Um, <laughs> the, twisting, uh, twisting my titties? I don't think that works out as well as testicles. I mean, probably not. It's, I mean, I don't think twisting my um, testicles is going to work out well for me to be... Molly, <laughs> please, be, please be one second. Um, yeah, so I just want to say to everyone listening that, you know, just... Be kind to yourself and to others. It's you know, it's one thing that we can do in this current yeah. situation. Literally went through the entire episode without her barking. The last five minutes. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna do it, Molly. <laughs> um, yeah. So as Mike just said, just be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself and give yourself the chance to water your own garden and give yourself the chance to give your to to. Um, have those personal victories and celebrate them celebrate your personal victories it is incredible how much that helps your own mind when you start celebrating the little things that you do no matter how small it is no matter how big it is celebrate it there's nothing there's the, what 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 do you lose by doing that you we'll start with this one you made it to the end of a heavy ass podcast <laughs> if you're listening to this portion so go celebrate because this was a Ooh. tough one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've set the dog off again um mike do you want to do the honors of tying us up then yeah i think we'll just i think we'll just end it there and say goodbye to everyone um you know i mean if you've listened a lot now you know that we release every monday and all that business so and we pretty um, much live on Twitter. So if yeah. you don't want to email, you can easily contact us on Twitter. Drop us a DM um, or direct uh, or message us directly through the, the main Twitter home, the front page. Whichever is easiest for you, we're available. Hell yeah. Um, I think that's it. Bye. 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 Triple X D.